sleep, eh? What a waste of subjects to be talking about. And some of you don't even know what the series is, so you'll be like, what the heck? Anyway, can I just say, I really felt like really worship. I just wanted to encourage you. What great singing, G2. Hello. Where have those voices come from <laughs> since you got rid of the tables? It's great. It's, I just really genuinely want to say, it's such a privilege, actually, to worship alongside all of you. Like, I was really like, oh, what a great place to be. Like, there is nowhere else I'd rather be on a Sunday. So, well done. Thanks, G2. You're doing a great job. Um, so... Uh, the first time that I was taught sleep talking, I was five years old. My parents woke up, apparently, to this yelling coming down from, um, from down the landing. Also, when I thought this, I was like, is landing a word that other people use, or is that just me? Good, thank you, Amanda. Because I just thought landing's quite an odd thing, isn't it? Landing from the stairs. Coming down from the landing, and my dad was there to investigate, apparently. Um, my dad found me in bed, fast asleep but shouting at the top of my voice. And apparently, of most, most of what I was saying, you couldn't really work out, so you just thought, oh, I'll just quiet it down. Obviously, just in sleep. And he tried to set me down. And then when all of a sudden, apparently, because I wasn't awake, um, when all of a sudden, without waking up, I sat bolt upright, my eyes snapped open, and I went, stupid tea set. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely. What a quaint middle-class nightmare that was <laughs> What a terror over a tea set. And what's funny is I kind of remember that dream, but you can ask me later about it. Um, but um, I didn't obviously know that was sleep-talking. So that's the first of a long, long history of sleep-talking for me. Because, oh yes, I don't even stop talking when I'm unconscious. <laughs> I actually just carry on. So today we're exploring sleep. Don't worry, we're not analysing dreams, so don't give me your interpretation of tea sets that come alive quite yet. Um, I want to share. Um, I wanted to share this story because with sleep, it's a bit weird because we're all we're all very different. We've all got different capacities. We've all got um, different different quirks about it. So I talk in my sleep and sit up and open my eyes and talk about tea sets. My husband Ben requires about 13 hours of sleep a night, nor does he feel human apparently. Um, <laughs> um, we're all very different, so I just kind of wanted to put that in because don't stop drawing comparisons, don't stop feeling guilty. Everyone is different when it comes to sleep. Um, let's not be unhelpful to ourselves, let's actually learn something together. Um, so, we're in the middle of our series of work, eat, sleep, repeat. We had work last week, repeat the, <laughs> the week before. <laughs> That's so funny. And now I'm doing sleep this week and then next week is eat because why not mix things up? So we've been looking at how God can transform our everyday, so particularly the most mundane parts of our lives. And, and I was just thinking this week, um, before I carry on talking about sleep, um, I remember this week that how vital it is to spend time learning about these things, about God in the everyday I just remembered as I was writing this that my own faith has seen the most growth. In fact, my whole experience of recommitting in my faith about six years ago, it, it's grown through the small things. I've, I've sat through incredible like theological lectures. I've sat in amazing meetings. I've cried through meetings. I've been like, oh, that message is just for me. I've been to big conferences. But actually, when I look at my story, and I see where the most transformation has happened 
It's been in weird little habits that I've established in my everyday. And so I just feel really passionate about, I, I want to see more miracles and more transformation in the little things. Because actually, those things that you stick to long term, God can use them for a mighty purpose. I'm not saying that the big moments aren't important, but let's not underestimate the everyday. Do you agree? Go on, agree. Thank you. So like, memorising one Bible verse and saying it over your life, every day, for two years, can mend your mind. Having the discipline to get enough sleep each night can transform your career. Choosing mercy in one argument can rescue a relationship. My mum blew tapping um, the verse, do not fear, for God is with you, into my school shoes every year, even though I didn't really want her to keep talking about walking on God's promises. <laughs> that, that kind of... <laughs> that, that kind of thing, a bit of blue tack and someone pinning that to my shoes, that might actually be the thing that can lead to your child's salvation. So do not disregard the small things. Don't get so swept up in waiting for your slap-in-the-face miracle that you miss what God can do in your commute or in your lunch break or in your school shoes or in your washing up or your Facebook time or your sleep. Sleep isn't wasted time. So I'm going to pray quickly and then we're going to crack on. Jesus, I thank you that you care about everything in our everyday. I thank you that, God, you put on skin and you became human and you walked among us. I thank you that you did the same everyday stuff as us and you care about the way that we do those things. So God, would you bring about transformation in D2 now in each and every person? Would we see the little things that can impact our everyday and the little things that can bring about your kingdom in our lives? Amen. So today we're going to learn about how to give God our sleep. We're going to look at the theory, and then we're going to look at how Jesus does this in actual practice, and then we're going to sort ourselves out. So, is everyone all right with that? Yes, we are. Yes, yes you are. Thank you. I'm going to make you talk. Um, <laughs> I will lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone, O oh Lord, make me dwell in safety. Psalm 4, verse 8. On my bed I remember you, my God. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Psalm 63, verses 6 to 8. So David, the guy who wrote these psalms, which are in the Bible, is basically saying that even when he's asleep, his body, his whole being, worships and glorifies God. Now, David isn't perfect, or even close to it, unless you consider secretly watching someone in the bath and then murdering their husband so you can marry them. Perfect. But each to their own. Um, he is wholehearted in his pursuit of God. He's so, so wholehearted that he even sees his sleep as a different way of interacting with God. It's like a new angle on how God is faithful to him. God, I think of you through the watches of the night. And I want to ask each and every one of you, what do you, what do you think of through the watches of the night? What do you dream about? When you wake up all bleary-eyed and at your most irrational in the middle of the night, what's on your mind? 
Are you like David? Is it, is it your God? Is it his faithfulness? Do you cling to God in those moments? Do you sleep in peace? Or do you find that really hard, like me? Like I said earlier, we're all different. And I'm not trying to add in some kind of box ticking into your bedtime routine. But there's definitely something to this. You see, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, Jesus says the greatest command in Matthew 22 is love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And that means all our time, all our affection, all our effort and all our focus. So sleep's involved in that. Whether you really struggle with sleep and tiredness, which is not something to feel guilty about, or whether sleep is just something that you kind of crack on with and you just don't really feel like you need any help on it. These psalms, those two things I read at the beginning, they show us that we have, we all have, wherever we're at with it, we have some way to go with it. David isn't saying, I'm so amazing, I think about God all the time. But actually what he's saying, if you read the rest of Psalm 4 and Psalm 63, is he's, he's him setting his mind on God. He's talking himself into that attitude. And so he's loving him. He's talking himself into loving God with all his heart and his soul and his mind. I will lie down and sleep in peace. I will lie down. I will lie down and sleep in peace. You can tell God, for you alone, our God, will make me dwell in safety. On my bed, I remember you, God. Remember, remember. Think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. We all need to talk ourselves into this a little bit. And we need to set our minds on God to allow him to use our sleep for our transformation into his likeness. That's kind of the theory. So, Jesus does this in practice. Let's see what it looks like. Because when the Son of God takes a nap, we should probably take notice. Turn to Luke 8. Have you got a Bible somewhere? Yeah, good. Luke 8, verses 22 to 25. Unless you want to read the parable of the sower, in which case you'll be alone. We're not doing that today. Someone shout out page number. God, it's competition. 722. Well done, Gemma. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So, they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, Jesus fell asleep. Say a sea with me. A sea. Thank you. A squall came down in the lake, so the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. Say in great danger. In great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. Jesus got up. Say, got up. Got up. And rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided. Say the storm subsided. The storm subsided. And all was calm. Where's your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? Who is this? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, who is this? <laughs> even the wings in the water and they obey him. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> I won't do it again. Um, Jesus falls asleep in the middle of an act 
naturally dangerous storm in a small rickety fishing boat and he sleeps soundly through the terrified life-threatened screams of his disciples going up and down in the waves and probably being soaked by the boat taking on more and more water. So you have 30 seconds. I want to ask you, what's the weirdest place you've ever slept? Go. because it ruins my previous ideas about sleep. Focus on the passage, everyone, come on. So Luke 8, so it ruins my previous ideas about sleep. So first of all, I thought that God wants me to be so well rested all the time that I don't ever get tired. So that early nights are the only way to honour him. Um, however, Jesus falls asleep and is so tired, he sleeps through a heck of a lot of chaos. Um, I don't think he's also, I'm, like, I've chatted with a few people about this, I don't think he's faking being asleep to test the disciples, because I don't think he's that mean. Um, but there is, some people do, um, do think that, but I just think he's actually really tired, um, so falls asleep. Um, my other previous opinion about sleep was that sleep was wasted time. So Jesus does so many like early mornings and, and, and stuff like that, things I like in the Bible quite a lot, and it kind of made, made me think, oh, maybe sleep isn't important at all, and we just have to keep pushing keep pushing, keep pushing. However, this story shows us that Jesus takes time to sleep. And if God himself, in human form, takes time to sleep, then we should probably join in. So let's just nip any of those preconceptions in the book. You don't need to feel guilty about sleeping, and you don't need to feel guilty about not sleeping. Um, so even though this moment is, is odd, because Jesus is asleep, it's, and because it, it's the only time he's actually unconscious, that you see him unconscious, apart from when he's dead later on. Um, there's, um, there's loads of... The, he does come back, it's fine. Um, there's actually... <laughs> shouldn't have that line out, shouldn't I? So there's actually loads of... I'm just kidding. So um, there's, actually, there's, there's loads of theological depth and insight um, which comes out of this passage. Scholars go a bit crazy all over it. There's, there's loads of ideas flying around about it because, it, because it's a bit of a weird moment. Um, so, but we can't go through them all right now so we don't all fall asleep. Um, so I'm just going to focus on two things about this passage and about the fact that Jesus falls asleep in this really strange, unexpected place. Firstly, Jesus sleeps deeply and Jesus wakes up well. Jesus sleeps deeply and Jesus wakes up well. It's quite simple. Let's start with he sleeps deeply. He puts that theory that David was talking about, I will lie down and sleep in peace, into practice. That fishing boat in Luke 8 is in real danger. It says that the disciples aren't hamming it up or being oversensitive. It says the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. And Jesus is asleep. How secure and at peace with God must you be? How tired out from a good day's work must Jesus be to sleep deeply through all of that? And it would have been uncomfortable anyway if you think about sleeping in a, in a boat with 12 other people crashing around in it. But do we sleep in peace despite danger? Do we sleep deeply even when everything else is falling apart? 
You know, I, t- I was talking to someone earlier this week who is having a really, really rough time. I won't go into the details, but um, really bad. And one of the most amazing things that they said was um, the way that their faith was functioning at, at that point, even though it seemed like something quite hard to hold on to, um, was that um, all I'm praying is that God gives me what I need because everything else is kind of falling apart. I'm praying that God will help me eat. I'm praying that God will help me look after myself and do a bit of exercise. And I'm praying that God will just help me sleep. And I thought that was amazing, actually. And it just reminded me of what a gift sleep is. What a gift our lives are to us. Even though all the other circumstances seem to be absolutely collapsing, I'm just praying for what God needs, what I need from God. And so for some of you, this is the thing that God wants to put his finger on. Do you struggle with sleep? Do you struggle with insomnia? Do you never feel quite rested? And when anyone asks you how you are, you're like, tired. Do you actually dread nighttime? Do you dread being alone? Do you dread that feeling of just trying to relax and switch off? Maybe, maybe you just don't, maybe you just put off sleep. Maybe you don't feel like you have any issues with it, but um, you just don't really value it. You can't be bothered with it. You kind of stay up and faff around. Jesus, sleeping deeply, challenges all of that. Sleep is a gift from God. He wants us to make the most of it and benefit from it. So maybe for any of you where that's really, that's kind of caught you, maybe it's about changing your routine, changing the way you prepare for sleep, um, getting rid of stuff like uh, phones or whatever before bed. Um, It could be a medical issue. It could be that you're really worried of stuff. But either way, whatever it is that's robbing you of your sleep, it is being robbed because sleep is a gift that God has given to you to have as your own. Jesus sleeps deeply and he wants the same for you. It's painfully simple. I'd love to go all metaphorical with it. But I want you to remember that if this is you, um, and, and you feel like, oh, to sleep deeply would be amazing, then we're going to be praying about that at the end. Second of all, so first of all, Jesus sleeps deeply. Second of all, what we can learn from Jesus in the boat in Luke 8 is Jesus wakes up well. Now, I don't know about you, but it's a successful morning if I don't press my snooze button about three times. However, Jesus wakes up, and before he can even yawn or stretch or have his wee to this, he can't stall miraculously. <laughs> I think that's great. Um, Jesus wakes up well. He, he's like refreshed and empowered by his sleep, even though he's been interrupted. Note that moment. We often think, oh, I can't, can't make time for more sleep. Jesus managed to and still gets interrupted. Jesus still makes time to be alone with his father and still gets interrupted. It's okay, make time for it and expect to get interrupted. Um, So notice that he rebukes the storm, he rebukes the wind and the waves, but not his disciples. He doesn't snap at them. He just asks them a genuine question to challenge their fear and then to assure them that, where's your faith? I'm here. Jesus wakes up well because it doesn't take him 20 minutes, a shower and some breakfast to remind him that he's the son of God and that God actually loves him. And I really think this comes back to that idea um, of what you set up your mind on around sleep. So, yes, Jesus sleeps because he's tired um, and he doesn't get tired. and Oh, but he doesn't get tired and switch off from his purpose and identity 
Um, that doesn't drag him away. But and he sleeps, he wakes up well because he sleeps deeply. But when he's sleeping, what, what is... What's really obvious when he wakes up so well and he wakes up with that instant authority, with that instant confidence, with that instant kindness to his disciples is that his mind is set on his Father God, that he sleeps in peace, that he remembers God. Can you hear the echoes of, on my bed I remember you God, I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me in Psalm 63. I remember you, God. I remember you, God. When our minds set on those things, we wake up well. Of course, Jesus was the Son of God, so this does seem like out of reach. And again, we're not going to pull excuses. We're not going to pull out comparisons, but we're also not going to make them into excuses. Because how do you wake up? Do you think of God through the watches of the night? Is that what your mind's set on? At your most tired, on your most irrational, when your, when your sleep is interrupted, who are you? God cares about our sleep and he wants us to use this gift because it's a tool to set our minds and to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And how we set our minds changes how we wake up. So maybe it's not that God's pointing out stuff to you about sleeping deeply. But maybe he's prodding you about waking up well. Maybe he's asking you if, if you remember him through the watches of the night and you wake up remembering him each morning. And, and this takes some discipline. What are you going to set your mind on before you sleep each night? What's the last thing you're going to think about before you fall asleep? And where do you want your mind to dwell whilst you're asleep? Do we so fully belong to God that even when we sleep, we're glorifying God? That our whole being is in worship to him, even when we're resting? Or does that just seem a bit too much effort? Do we, do we actually ask God into our sleeping hours about the hood of our lives? And do we ask for his protection, his transformation, or do we just think, oh, I'm just going to switch off? Do we wake up well? So Jesus sleeps deeply and he wakes up well. We're going to finish by singing together. Um, so the band are going to come up now and, and start playing. But first, um, before we start singing, um, I want us to clock what God is saying to us right now. This is a really unapologetically practical message. Um, and, I, and I really want us to take something away from it and, and take on one of those life-transforming habits that might take, it's the slow burn thing, it might take years, but I think we will see such fruit from it. So if you could get your phones out or grab a piece, there's like paper and post-its if you prefer writing stuff down, or get your phone out. Either way, you need it to, to keep it and take it with you and remember it. appreciating your lovely singing. Um, I was praying and I, um, I felt like this series of Work, Eat, Sleep, Repeat um, was like uh, God is handing each of us a set of keys. 
He said, honey is a set of keys because we can unlock new things in our lives through these really practical tools. This is something which might seem a little bit little. If I had to do a key, I'd probably just be a little, what's that for? Um, but it's such a purposeful little object. And I feel like this is an opportunity now to, to, to receive a key about sleep. What could you unlock in God's character? What could you unlock that you could discover more of him? What could you unlock in your own personality or in your own character that God really wants to grow in this practical way? So, now you've got your stuff, phones and things. Um, I want you to just think about what God is saying to you. He's speaking to you right now through me, through the worship, through what we've talked about earlier. Which one of those sticks out to you? Is it sleeping deeply or is it waking up well? So, maybe it's, maybe it's the stuff about sleeping deeply. Maybe you really struggle with sleep and you just dread lying awake each night. Maybe you just feel tired all the time and sleep doesn't actually seem to help. You might actually be in circumstances where sleep is constantly interrupted by children or health issues or worrying about work or relationships or church. Maybe you feel more like the disciples in that story, panicking at this real danger that's around you and frustrated that other people just seem to be resting easy. Maybe you just sense that God is challenging on sleeping deeply because you don't actually value sleep very much and you kind of avoid it. Maybe you don't know why, but you just feel like that's what God's prodding you on, sleeping deeply. Maybe for others of you, it's about waking up well. Maybe it's remembering God through the night and and as you wake, setting your mind on him and your sleeping being a time of transformation. In Romans 12 too, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And every night you get the opportunity to stop and rest and start again, to renew your mind. Maybe you've just never thought that God could use your sleep or be interested in it. And it might be that um, you've realised that to give, your God, to give God your whole life, you need to give him every single hour, including the ones that you're asleep. So I don't want you to overthink it. I don't need to try and jot down tips. But instead, um, we've got two verses, the two verses from the Psalms um, on the screen. I want us to set our minds on these verses. I want you to write down the one that you're going to choose. So if you're challenged by sleeping deeply, I'd love it if you could write down, in peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. If you're challenged by waking up well, setting your mind on God, waking up with that authority, Write down, on my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you, your right hand upholds me. I want you to write it down, and before you go to sleep, every night, for as long as you can remember to do so, tonight, tomorrow, and, and every day from now, I want you to try and just read that through. Learn it. Keep it under your breath. And if we set our mind on these things, I, I, I believe that we will see transformation take place night after night, month after month, year after year. Let's not disregard the small things. 
not disregard the small things, but ask God to transform us in our everyday, in our everything, and in this gift of sleep. I'm going to pray that we're going to take two minutes just to focus on these verses, whichever one you've picked. And then Dan's going to lead us to sing. So Father God, I thank you that you care about each and every one of us here. I thank you that you care about the details of our lives. And that isn't just a nice thing we say in church, but you really do care. That you're interested, interested in us. You're interested in how we do our everyday. You're interested in our routines. And you want to bring about transformation. You want to bring about freedom. You want to bring about hope and greater faith in each of us. Just through handing us a key in these practical things. Helping us unlock some of the stuff that's holding us back in our everyday routines. God, would you give us the discipline and the boldness to take that key. And to actually use it. I thank you for this community that we're in. And I thank you that you speak to us and that you love us. And Lord, I pray over each and every person here. I pray that whether they have a great relationship with sleep, that you would bless their sleep. And I pray that if they don't, I pray that you would just guide them through this difficulty, God. We thank you so much that you remind us that we're human because we need sleep. And I pray over those who struggle with it, that you would bring about healing, that you would bring about comfort, and that you would give them peace, God, to lay down and sleep, knowing that they are safe with you. God, would you equip them with all the practical things they need. Thank you that you're with us. Would you continue to transform us into your likeness, Jesus? Amen.